0: All right, welcome back. Uh, another Minutes with Mute. I'm Mike Galtieri, John, joined alongside BC sideline reporter, IMG Network, and former Boston College quarterback. Scott Mutrin joins us here uh, recapping what is a 5-2 and two now Boston College team after a win over Louisville and now heading into the bye week. So a, a good time to kind of reassess and get going. But, Scott, while well, I got you here, let's just, if you can, give your thoughts on the, the Louisville win.
1: Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that you can say about B C is one of one of the things that I was concerned about that was had not produced throughout the year was third down. Uh on on defense B C was able to to make Louisville go four for sixteen with seven three and outs. Uh I thought that was impressive and B C was eight for eighteen on third down. That's that's the way in which, you know, B C's gonna win for the rest of the year and I thought they played well on third down and, and, and started out well. And then they just had the turnover bug bite them, and the, they lost a little momentum coming into that. But then you look at the second half, and B.C. really dominated time of possession and the line of scrimmage. I thought they really inserted their will on, on Louisville on both sides of the football, on both lines, and you really saw that just in, in time of possession on the offensive end. And then when you look at the, the three and outs and, and only 71 yards of, of offense in the second half for Louisville, that, that pretty much tells you the whole story.
0: Yeah, and you got me thinking as you were talking. By the way, what what has happened at Louisville, huh? I mean, Lamar Jackson, I know, not there, but other teams have had quarterbacks move on and still done better. I mean, what is, that program, huh? Jeez. That's
1: tough. There were some high expectations for Juwan Pass, and he's a talented guy, but it, it's tough to replace a Heisman Trophy winner. And when, when you have a special and electric talent like Lamar Jackson, who not only won the Heisman Trophy but was a first-round draft pick, it's, you you realize that he covers up a lot of your, your warts that you have, on even on both sides of the ball, because his ability to make plays and score and make other players better really makes you uh, not look at some of the other things where you may be weak at, whether that's your offensive line or your defense. Some of those other things kind of get glossed over because you have such a special talent that can make up for all those things. And when he's gone, it's, it's a totally different thing, and you have to really rebuild your team all over again.
0: Like, I always get your thoughts on QB play. What did you think on Saturday, Anthony Brown?
1: Uh, you know, he's very efficient. I thought he ran – you know, he did a great job. He was efficient on offense, 16 for 22, 179 yards, touchdown, and no, no interceptions. So, besides the Purdue game, he hasn't turned the ball over, so if you look at a recipe for success, you look for efficiency and not making any mistakes and and he did a good job of pushing the ball down the field when it when they had some opportunities and then taking the underneath stuff. I know it can get a little frustrating when you see BC running you know five or six yard routes on third and long but I, I thought he did a good job of taking what the defense gave them and and, and really ran the offense well and did a good job at the line of scrimmage, really putting them in, in a lot of right plays. And a lot of his run checks and, and his mechanics of running the game, I thought were very solid.
0: So BC, you know, they kind of, it's one of those games you, you take care of business and you move on. And that, that's the sense, Scott, I talked to a lot of fans. BC's 5-2, and two, beating some good teams, lost to some good teams. Purdue now is one three in a row. NC State's top 20, I believe, team now. Um but what's your general take? A lot of fans, I think, are still in that wait and see approach uh, with this five and two Boston College team.
1: Yeah, because I think a lot of the fans are seeing the, the teams that that BC has beaten in conference, and that's you know that's Wake, Wake, and Louisville, two teams yeah. that maybe have played better, but are having down years this year. And then the loss to NC State, although they are undefeated, you know, NC State really hasn't played anybody until you know their marquee matchup with Clemson this week because. NC State's game with West Virginia was hurricaned out, so they didn't have that big national spotlight game. But, you know, everyone else on the, on the schedule, I think it's, they've, they've done well. And if you look at the Temple team, they've done well, but they're just not traditional powers. So I think that's the most uh, glaring thing that you'll notice.
0: And then just to put a bow tie in this Louisville game, I thought special teams played very well uh, as well.
1: Yeah, besides, you know, Michael Walker, I said during the game, he's very Jekyll and Heidi. He's more often than not, he's going to do very good things in the return game, but he's had a couple big fumbles that have turned momentum for, to the negative side for the Eagles. But he's also had some, so many just subtle plays where he's catching the ball and getting upfield. He's averaging, I think, 29 yards a kickoff return and 12 yards a punt return. And those things matter because in today's you know, college game, you're not seeing a lot of returns on kickoffs. A lot of seeing a lot of touchbacks, a lot of fair catches, with the new rule that allows you know teams to to take the ball at the 25-yard line if they fair catch it inside the the 10, I believe. And then punt returns, you see a lot of a fair catches there just because guys are just securing, securing the catch and not looking to turn the ball over. But Michael Walker is very aggressive. He gets one cut and he's up the field, and he's really a, a, you know, a field position changer. And when you have an offense like BC and he's able to shorten that field and give you less space to work around and it really, really helps your offense, and it really sets your team up for success so they don't have to do – uh, go seventy, eighty yards every time they can, you know, have one of those forty or or thirty-five yard drives.
0: So as we mentioned earlier, BC five and two going on the bye week. We kind of glanced over this last week as well, Scott. But what what's the team doing? Tell the fans what's going on this week if you're bar, part of the BC football program during a bye week.
1: Yeah, well, when you're when you're an older team and you have some more vets on it, you, this is usually a big rest week for them. They don't get many uh, many live reps in practice. It's a time to really get through those bumps and bruises. A lot of time is spent in the training room, uh, ice and, and heat, and all the other stuff is being taken care of as your body's getting worked on. So that's that's a big factor, this physically for some of your veteran teams. Uh, when you get some of the younger guys, you're going to give them an opportunity to maybe get some reps. I think one of the things you'll notice coming out of this is. Uh, Some younger kids that have had a chance to mature and and get used to being in college, whether they're freshmen or redshirt freshmen, maybe guys that haven't had a ton of reps, they get an opportunity to kind of show the coaches what they've learned and what they've got going on this year. you usually inevitably see one to two guys that that end up making an impact during this bye week that end up playing the rest of the year and and doing good things because the coaches notice them during this uh, bye week when a lot of the other regular guys are resting.
0: And then do you think – how do you think A.J. Dillon's going to do this bye week? And I wonder – we don't know, but will we see him from Miami next week?
1: I mean – my guess is that you you should see A.J. I mean, you're, you're talking it's going to be almost, you know, three and a half, four weeks because he was already probably treating that ankle when he hurt it uh, against Temple. So then you go two more weeks and then the bye week. So you, you've got some extended recu- recuperation and whatever that may be. If it's a sprain of some sort, that tends to be four weeks kind of tends to be that bogey that a lot of people have for that. Uh, that's me speculating, but I mean, it does nothing but help him. And I think it's what's helped him, this team is that they, they saw a couple things and saw their ability to win without A.J. And I think that gives this team some confidence in, in, their, in their abilities and, and their, their knowingness that they can go out there and play their game and they're not a one-man team and, and they, can, they can win if they put their best team effort going forth. And then A.J. looks at it, and he's and he's like, wow, I really miss being out there with my guys. I want to get out with, with my brothers, and I want to get out playing again. I miss it. I miss having the opportunity to compete with those guys. And, and that itch comes back. And now that you get him healthy, and I expect him to come back with these last five games with a lot of fire to kind of show everyone – you know that he's ready to really make a statement and, and put a statement uh, season together even after missing these last uh, two and a half games.
0: So that's something to factor in, and we'll talk about that next week as we head into Miami on a short Friday night game a week from this Friday. Uh, but just to, look, to recap, to close everything up, Scott, let's look around the ACC. Obviously a game that really sticks out, especially in the Atlantic, NC State and Clemson.
1: Yeah, well, that's going to be a great game and then Clemson's lucky actually they get to play at home this time and uh, you have a very experienced quarterback in NC State's Ryan Finley as BC fans have seen up and close he's you know a 50-year senior, a lot of experience, pro- you know, potential first round draft pick. So if NC State can protect him and keep him upright, it's going to be a tough, you know, tough matchup for Clemson, but Brent Venables' defense at Clemson is has been very, very effective this year. Uh, they haven't had the dynamic passing game as they're maybe used to, but that's they're breaking in a true freshman in Trevor Lawrence, who's been very efficient. But they haven't asked him to do a lot. Travis Etienne has been their go-to guy. He's a he's the guy making a lot of lot of waves in in Clemson, had some big some big rushing games. I think he's got two or three 200-yard games. And, but the defense is really the, the figurehead of, of that team. They're, they're very strong. They, they're, you know, layers. Their defensive line is very good with good linebackers and great secondary play. So it's going to be a challenge for Ryan Finley and, and, and that North Carolina state offense. But I'm interested to see what happens because NC State. You know, it's not just Ryan Finley. They have some pretty good receivers with size. Kelvin Harmon's a big guy. A uh, uh, Mika Azzi is six-three guy. Uh, uh, Jacoby Myers is six-two. So you got some big guys with some length and some speed that could provide some problems. So it, I'm excited to see it. It's you know, although I'm, you know bc's not playing, t- and I got a million dad things to do, I'm going to find a way to. I'm definitely going to find a way to find a couch right around time when that game goes off, just to just to see it because those are the two teams that are going to be battling. I think for the uh, the Atlantic Crown.
0: Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm, based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank homage pharma and intel corporation check them out at chestnut hill technologies.com that's chestnut hill technologies.com and then of course miami too tough loss to virginia last week so miami's gonna be coming in they have a bye as well now they're gonna be coming fired up for bc next friday
1: yeah and miami's struggling offensively uh it's you know the battle. It was the battle of the turnover towel versus the turnover chain, and the turnover towel at, at Virginia won because both teams had three turnovers, but Virginia was able to score ten points off their turnovers, and Miami only got three. So it wasn't a very offensively pleasing game. There were a lot. Of, there was a lot of big plays defensively. Not a ton of offense. Virginia did just enough to do that. And Miami gets a really bad personal foul uh, on third down that basically iced the game. They could have been getting the ball back, either Virginia goes for it on fourth down or have to kick a field goal. But uh, there was a bad penalty at the end at the end of that game that really hurt hurt Miami's chances. It was uh, Tito o- Odomingo, uh made a really kind of silly play at the end of that game that that hurt them, but. You look at Miami and offensively they are only four for twelve on third down three interceptions they bench Nikosi Perry who looks good he has some talent but you know Mark Rick's getting a lot of questions as to why he pulled the young guy to put in Malik rozier who's who's pretty much you know run his his course through miami and I think a lot of people were surprised that after a couple series that they they pulled Perry out of the game he's a he's a pretty exciting uh, player but if B.C. has preyed on quarterbacks this year and has done a good job of turning them over besides, um, you know, really besides... Every, everyone, they've gotten at least a couple turnovers. I don't think they got any interceptions versus Purdue, but they got two fumble recoveries. But they still have been able to turn teams over, and if you get young quarterbacks in there, you can really uh, you know, present a lot of problems for them and give your offense a shorter field to work with.
0: So it should be interesting this weekend. Obviously, BC fans were rooting for Clemson to beat NC State, and then you hope BC beats Clemson later on the season. But uh, you know, for, for going for that ACC crown.
1: Yeah, that's that's something that's definitely taken to definitely take into to you know to factor for all for the rest of the season for BC. But BC is definitely hitting their their tough stretch. You got you got a tough four to five games. Actually, the last five games of the season are going to be very tough. Yep. when you when you look at it and you go Miami and then you go to Clemson excuse me they go Miami Virginia Tech Clemson uh Florida State. it's just it's not really easy sledding the rest of the way for the Eagles they're going to have to really uh get after it and uh, really get everybody healthy and ready to make the the stretch run here and if they want to have a very special season they're going to have to do some do some damage here in these last 5 games uh, to, to really kind of be noticed because, you know, they need one more win for bowl eligibility, but I think their expectations are a little bit higher than that this yeah, year.
0: Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. Well, hey, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Last question, you referenced it a little bit, but give us the play-by-play of your your bye week, your Saturday bye week. What, what's going on now? What are you going to be oh, doing during your day?
1: That's up on, on house stuff that has been summarily neglected for the last month and a half <laughs> that I have to clean up but mostly I'm going to be spending time in in the hockey rinks and hang them watching my, my, my two older sons play some hockey they have uh, about I think five or six games this weekend that I will be spending time watching them play and then uh, you know, going some other places with my other two. So it's definitely a good time to catch up on some dad work with the, with the family and, and get to, to spend some time with them. But I am de- I am definitely going to find a way to sneak out and uh, at least watch this, this NC State game, <laughs> the NC State Clemson game. Because in, in essence, it's tr- it's technically work, and I'm studying. So I, I got that excuse in my back pocket, and I'll use it as best I can.
0: There you go. All right. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Will you enjoy your bye week too, Mike. <laughs> All right. All right, Scott. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.